Welcome to Onward and Other Directions, a podcast I started almost two years ago, made up of recordings I took during my first Iditarod sled dog race in March of 2021. So far in this podcast, I've taken you along the trail for the first half of the race. We have traveled through the Alaska range, into the cold interior, and for the last couple episodes, into some pretty silly sleep-deprived hallucinations and dreams. On my last recording, I was partway to Ofer, the next checkpoint in the race. Iditarod doesn't require you to stay in every checkpoint. Part of the strategy of the race is choosing whether you'll give your dogs a break in a checkpoint, which is full of human comfort, or out on the trail, which is often better for the team, but is a little less cushy for the human. Something I discovered as I traveled along was that camping on the trail helped me focus my sleep-deprived ADHD brain to accomplish tasks more quickly. Probably my biggest struggle during the race was completing my breaks in an efficient manner. The last recording had me juggling whether I wanted to stay in Ofer or to move on to my planned camp. This recording picks up just after the next rest I took. I figured I should record before I forget to do it on this run. I'm heading from my camp between Ofer and uh, Iditarod to Iditarod. We're about 14 miles away according to the trail signs. So that's good. Um, I had my run last night and I was pretty tired. I'm pretty sure my last recording again devolved into me just babbling nonsense. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's a weird thing with being tired because I'm starting to get to the point where things that normally kind of keep me awake are not. Like, I try to, one thing I do to try to stay awake is to eat, and I fell asleep eating some popcorn, and I, I mean, I was like still eating the popcorn. I didn't stop eating the popcorn, but I was asleep. My eyes were closed. Um, definitely falling asleep driving the sled. That's a no-brainer. Uh, it's weird. I don't know how to explain it, but I just like seriously pass out. And yeah, it's not working very well on this trail. That's happening again today. This trail's pretty light. Got some deep, well, fairly deep snow on either side, and so the sled kind of bounces around like a ping pong ball. And so I finally tipped over for the first time from falling asleep. Just we kind of just like bounced up onto the side of one of the berms of the trail and boop, tipped over, which it wasn't a big deal, but, um, because even when I'm sleeping, I have like this iron grip on the handlebar. That's the one message that is like embedded in my brain. So luckily that seems to work, but for future Iditarods, I definitely want to, you know, have some kind of system where I can feel a little bit more safe about that. Um, one thing that's tough is I, I still don't have liquids really. I'm trying to thaw out a, a juice, but thawing things against your body takes a long time and uh, and it's kind of cumbersome and um, yeah, I the water bottle that someone lended me at the, at the uh, McGrath checkpoint, I kind of insulated it a bit and it, it actually kept the water uh clear like uh unfrozen well into last night and it was like it ended up getting down to like 35 40 below 
and uh, water stayed unfrozen, but today it, it, it's frozen. So last time I drank water was sometime late last night. Uh, and my camp was kind of, um, I mean, I didn't have really much time to rest. I ate some cookies. That's about all I did for myself. Uh, I went to the bathroom. That was exciting. Uh, but otherwise, I just worked on the dogs and I had to change the plastic on my sled. And then, you know, yet again, repack. And of course, like feeding the dogs and all that, that takes some time. So um, that was pretty much my whole camp. Um, so now we're on the way to Iditarod and my plan is to stay six hours here. One thing that's been weird is we've passed like almost every single other person in this race uh, doing head-on passes with them, which has uh, kind of been annoying because like I said, the trail has is, is got these high sides and it's pretty narrow, so it's um, that's a pain to try to do passes in. Oh! So that's, I just told the dogs to go left. There's a fork in the road. Um, but yeah, kind of having a hard men hard time mentally on this run. It's really beautiful and, and interesting again, but I'm really falling asleep a lot, even though it's daylight out. I finally realized I hadn't taken any like, you know, I have like energy type chews and um, things that I can try to take. And I hadn't taken any of them. I haven't been taking them during the day, but I think I'm hitting that point where I'm so tired I, I have to. So luckily, or hopefully my supply will hold out. I don't know about luckily, I mean, I, I don't, it might not, but there should be at least one thing at every checkpoint. So I'm trying to kind of like hoard those things. I did also stock up on some snacks from McGrath that people had left. And so I've been kind of working on those, but I don't really want to eat. I really just want to drink. Um, I would eat snow, but the snow is really sharp and it's not really very easily eatable. I had a cup with me. Alright, come on guys. Good dogs. I had a cup with me that Sean gave me. It's like a red tin cup that I really liked. And I was trying to scoop some snow with it and it got like pulled out of my hand and left on the trail. So that's kind of a bummer. I was kind of hoping somebody might have found it, but I don't think anybody has so far. Um, that's also a bummer because I was, like, when I was heating up water, I was making myself a cup of coffee, and that was, like, really nice. Just have some instant coffee. Or even tea. I have tea. I mean, or even just getting water from, like, um, there's been, at some of the checkpoints, there's been, like, a jug of water that is, you know, people can get water out of and have a cup or anything. I mean, I have this bottle now, so that's a good thing. But... Yeah, I am really thirsty. I, a good life lesson for me to not forget my water bottles. Um, in my defense, I had every intention to bring them. I had them with me, um, but I left the main one in the truck and yeah, definitely regretting that. Um, yeah, guys. But aside from that, I think the reason I'm having kind of a mental, mentally hard time on this run is because we're about to turn around, and I 
I hope that it's going to be a positive thing, thing for the dogs because they'll be like, okay, we know this. Yeah, we're going to go to this place and they're going to like get it and like get excited. And I think I've talked about it. I'm going to try to mainly stop at the places that we've already stopped so they'll get into that rhythm. But um, I, I fear it's going to be a little tough on my brain. And I'm trying to like not let myself uh, convince myself that it's going to be hard on my brain. Um, but I'm having a hard time with that. Uh, like, it's kind of weird to go over this trail and then realize I'm going to have to turn around and just do this same exact trail after some, like, six hours. Uh, so I, I wonder how the other mushrooms are dealing with that. I mean, that's been something we've all speculated about, like, how that's going to be. And um, I do think that one thing... I, I think that maybe one thing that would be helpful is that I'll, once I once we turn around, every single step is a step closer to the finish, as opposed to like away from the finish. You know, I, obviously it's all a step closer, but it um, I think it'll be seem a little bit more real as we move closer back towards Willow. So I hope that will be a positive thing. Um, and I hope I can kind of figure out how to st either stay awake or stay upright because some sections of the trail it's not bad to sleep on like on lakes and stuff. Um, but with the kind of, I mean it's not even like a very technical trail but I put new runner plastic on like I said it's really slippery so my sled just like slides all over the place and then with the way that this particular trail is, it's just very, um, yeah, it just bounces you around, so not very useful for sleeping. But, oh, it's so weird, I'm not like, I don't really know how to describe it. I don't actively feel tired, but I just keep falling asleep. Like, obviously my body is very tired. Um, it's not like a tiredness where you're like, wow, I, I don't, don't even know how to describe this tiredness. It's, yeah. My body just keeps shutting down. It's just like, Bloop. and that's a weird and disconcerting feeling. Oh, one thing that happened on this run was I finally really kind of ran into my mentor, Martin Boozer. Um, I think, you know, in an earlier recording I talked about uh, that he and Allie had passed me at the, about the same time, but, but he was, like, on the move. I don't even think he knew who I was, but we did a head-on pass, and he knew who he was, and he stopped his sled, and he talked to me for a minute. That was really nice, and he asked how things were going, and he asked how my sled was doing, and, um, it was really nice. He said he was, he was really proud of me, and that was, like, really cool. So, yeah, that was, like, a really special thing. But to make it um, really extra special, right before we passed, I fell, like I wiped out. Not like the sled fell, I just personally fell, and it was very undignified. So like, like when he first saw me, I was like falling, and then, yeah, it was ridiculous, but whatever. And I'm in this really giant parka. I look absolutely ridiculous. I feel like all the other mushrooms are looking very cool and epic, and I am looking like a goofy, I don't know, cartoon or something, but that's okay. My dogs look good, 
somebody, another musher said, your dogs are pretty. I agree. They are. And they're looking good. They're happy. We did. So I tried to do a four-hour rest. I ended up almost precisely a five-hour rest. So it's getting closer to progress. Better than the uh, several hours I've been over my other checkpoints. So definitely was helpful at my camp to not have other people around talking to me. Wow, somebody like jettisoned a bunch of booties here. That's not cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, they had a big rest, and then they, um, I put their booties on while they were laying down, which I do sometimes, just to kind of let them rest as much as possible, and when they're tired, because they're tired too, you know, they're obviously tired. They're both getting more sleep than me and doing more work than me, so not sure if I feel envious of them or not. But um, no, I'm pretty sure I feel envious of them. <laughs> I'm, I would love to get a little more sleep, but um, but yeah, I booted them on the straw while they were all snuggled in, and um, I uh, at that checked. Well, at the camp, I only had a couple blankets, and it was pretty cold, you know. When I got in, I think it was like, at that area, it was like 26 below. So, I snuggled them all in, in this big pile of hay and then, or straw, and then put blankets on a couple of them, but then I just piled hay on t or straw on top of the other ones, because that really does help them kind of insulate, and so I got some really cute pictures. And I don't know if this ever becomes a thing that people listen to, and... If they want to see the pictures, I'll put those, I'll put the pictures there, because it's, it's real cute. So, they were still, like, underneath their piles of straw, like, some of them just looked like a haystack, like, not, not a dog, just a haystack. Um, and I was just putting booties on the emerging feet from the haystack. And then, um, I kind of had to finagle the sled so that we could get around the trees. But then once I did that and uh, went back to the sled and they just jumped right up and were ready to go and barking and screaming. So that's pretty awesome for a, a rookie team who's, you know, never, except for one of them, never done this before. So I'm, pr I'm definitely proud of them. They're, they're pretty awesome. I think maybe my mental state was also affected by, oh, just leaving the grass so late, you know, I still struggle feeling, um, I don't want to just layer a bunch of negative stuff on myself, but, well, I do, but I'm going to try to not to do that, but I am feeling those negative feelings towards myself because of that, um, Yeah, uh, it'll probably, it would probably be a good thing for me to get the Red Lantern as like a mental um, thing, like I, a good thing for me to accept, but I just like don't want that. <laughs> I feel like I'm not mentally uh, mature enough yet to be able to release that ego-related thing, like... I ha I just all that pride. Good job, Marnie. Oh, good girl. Good girl. Yeah, I mean these guys they're getting to run. 
which I love. They're getting to smell new things. They get, they just sleep, eat, run, and then when they go to the bathroom, I tell them how great they are. So I really think they're living a good life right now. Um, and it's tough to be the water boy. <laughs> That's me, I'm the water boy. The waterless water boy. They get water because I melt snow for them. Sometimes I drink it, but it depends on where I'm getting the snow from. They get water and, like, kibble and a meal together. Yesterday, or I don't know, who knows when. At some point, I think in McGrath during my 24, I gave them clear water, which um, a couple of them drank. They don't usually drink a lot of clear water in the winter, but I sometimes will offer it to them, especially if it's been hot or... Um, Oh, for instance, they didn't, they weren't very interested in, like, the lunchtime meal I gave them during that break, and so I wanted to just make sure they got some liquid, so I gave them dry kibble on the ground, and then, like, filled their bowls with low water, and some of them drank, and that was, that was really good. If, I always figure when I'm handing out clear water like that, if even one dog drinks, then it's worth it, because that dog needed it. Um, and one thing that was good was that Rebel drank, like, quite a lot, actually. She, uh, everybody on the team got some diarrhea early on, but we were able to kind of get better control of that with some meds. But, um, Rebel is the only one who was kind of had, well, she ended up with diarrhea again at McGrath. And she definitely seems better. She had much more of a firm stool before we left, but, um, uh-oh, man, I can feel that sleep coming on. Ooh, and I just don't even know what to do. I'm trying to look around right now. At least it's daylight so I can look at things. Move my head. I just, just like, kind of, you kind of feel it creeping up and then all of a sudden your brain is like doing something complete, like you're just dreaming. Or I am, that's how I feel. Um, oh, okay, maybe if I can focus on uh, talking about trying to sort out this mental health thing. Um, I mean, I think it's a lot easier to be, to be in a good mental space when it's like warm and comfortable. And that was definitely not the case last night. It was pretty cold. Um, and I do think it's supposed to get cold again tonight. Then it is supposed to warm up, which is good for the humans, like yay, lucky humans, but it's, it's not great for the dogs. So it's kind of a catch-22, but, um, yeah. I'm trying to think of some, well, not think of, but just, like, implement some, like, uh, coping mechanisms that I can try to use to not let myself spiral, basically, down into the, into the pit. Into the pit of despair! I don't know what that accent was, but the dogs liked it. It meant to be something very different, but that's what came out, so that's what we'll accept. This run has been a bit hilly, surprisingly. I mean, not huge or anything, they're kind of like really gradual rolling hills, but a lot more up and downs than I was expecting. I've been trying to ski pull, but my ski pull just kind of like flops apart. And that's that. Because it, it's a foldable one. 
sport. I gotta play it against sports. Have a good day, Zay. Be quiet while they're working here. Good job. I got it. I played against sports and I used, and I assume that the reason that they were giving it away is that the folding part was kind of funky because, like, it just while you're using it, it's some tension in the folding part's gone or something, and it like just flops apart now. So I probably can fix that though, but maybe not till after this race is done, if I decide to do so. I've definitely got lots of projects on my mind, but. Alright, let's eat a Reese's. See if that helps me stay awake. So yeah, this recording plan is also becoming something that I just fall asleep during. Pretty sure that's gonna be my life for the next... I don't know, five days or so? Four days maybe? I don't know. I guess if we're not taking the 24, it might be slightly shorter. Alright, let's game it out. So... Alright, if the sign was right and we get to Iditarod in two hours, that'll be 6.30. So, I want to stay for six hours, so then that would be, leave at, at 12.30, assuming I can leave on time. And um, then, um, must back just exactly the same as I just did and go back to that cabin, which, a side note, I'm a little bit leery about because I have to go around these trees in kind of a crazy way. I hope that's the right trail, guys. Well, good job. They literally know how to follow markers. It's pretty amazing. Anyway, um, so let's see. When did I leave? 9.30. So, yeah, about 9 hours, so then I get there at 9. 30 and uh 12 hours exactly and um then the next run was like 61 miles and hmm i don't know how long it took me i'd have to do the math um Almost 10 hours though. That's a long run. One thing I could do on the way back is split it into three runs, but... I don't know if that's a good thing or a, a silly thing to do. Which would be to do a camp closer to the middle of this run. And then go to Ophir, and then go to McGrath. It means I add an extra run in, which I don't love, but... I'm not really sure if the longer runs or the shorter runs are better for them. But these long runs are getting long because they're going a lot slower. So, a 60 mile run doesn't take us 8 hours, it takes us 10 hours, you know, at least. So, that's a pretty tall order.
if I at least stop and give him a meal. That might be the smarter thing to do. Well, we'll see. Which I actually really need, but it belongs to somebody else. There's a whole lot of it in there. I'll put that in a safe place. I don't know the name of that person, but I'm pretty sure that belongs to a musher. I did 40 to Ofer, or like 40 to the camp, 40 to Ofer, 40 to McGrath, three 40s. Although, if that sign was correct, it's not three 40s, it would be like a, hmm, a 30 and two 40s, something like that. Because there's 10 miles missing from the calculation, if, if the trail sign is correct. <clears throat> um... They're the infamous uh, tussocks, which, since it's such a high snow year, are not really that bad, but a little bit of bumpiness. Um, so let's see, 40, 40, 40, and then McGrath to Nikolai is another 40. And then my plan was to do a, let's see, it's a 75. So I was going to do a longer run and basically do like a 55 in camp. And then Roan to Rainy Pass was, what was it? Gosh, 27 plus 30, so it was like a longer run already. <laughs> Hmm, but I do want, I mean, I just want the dogs to be tired going through the gorge. Even if we just went to Finger Lake, and then went to Rainy Pass. I don't know, I don't know if I should shorten up the runs. Like, change up what we're doing. But, I do, I don't know, I would give them more food. Like full, full meals. I have to think about that. That is one thing I've been noticing is that I'm. I would definitely send out more snacks. Um, I basically sent out exactly enough snacks for every run, and I have never run a race this long, so I have not seen them needing how much more they need. Um, and they do need more, you know? They do need, like, a bigger amount of snacks, so... Alright, time for my floppy ski pool. Ugh. 
see if I lose. I guess the benefit is if I lose my ski pole, I can pick it up on the way back down. Good guys. If I want to pick this floppy thing back up. I think as I'm nearing this halfway point, I'm kind of getting back to thinking about the race on hole and like being home and missing certain things and you know silly things wanting to change my underwear i had big plans about changing my underwear at the 24 hour but there was no real place to do that um so yeah i'm still in my, my stinky underwear um but that's probably gonna just be the case till i get done because there's just not really any kind of facilities or privacy or you know, mostly we've had some tents and then outhouses, but I wouldn't, it's like either porta potties or really kind of old skanky outhouses that I wouldn't really want to change clothes in, um, for various reasons. Good dogs. I wonder if after I'm done with my my regimen of testosterone, I will be less exhausted all the time. Also, I do have big plans to just sleep, sleep, sleep as much as I want for like a week or something after this. I've kind of been dealing with the sleep issue, not this kind of tiredness, but I've been exhausted so much for like the past few years since I started on tea and my body just like wants to sleep as much as I can and I don't when you're trying to train for an event like this you don't really have that luxury sometimes when I'm going through something difficult I'll think about how if I like blink my eyes all the time will have passed and I'll be looking back on this and it'll be over and that's true. Soon it will be done. It will be a memory. Who knows if it will be a fond memory or not. The first part was great. And I think things are still going positively. I think it's just a, one of those days where I'm going to funk a little bit. And I mean, I didn't sleep at all last night. So I didn't sleep at my camp at all. So... Like, I didn't, I don't even think I sat down, um, so, maybe that's contributing. It did feel good to get some sleep on that 24-hour layover. Six hours of sleep was really great, but, um, I'm not really going to have that opportunity from here on out. My goal, aside from trying to get my checkpoint, like, routine a little bit more streamlined and on target is to try to get some sleep um and those kind of go hand in hand because if my if my checkpoint routine gets more on target then i can get sleep because i have time for it if not then i have to cut sleep because like that's the one thing that i can afford to not well theoretically afford to not do trying to go over my routine and make sure I have everything down and 
Wow, this skeeple is getting real floppy. And I do not have everything down, but that's okay. We're getting there, getting closer. I'm excited to build a sled bag with compartments that'll help me hopefully stay a lot more organized and basically have a thing in place for every part. Oof. So we keep coming up on these hills and then you can see the trail out ahead and it looks like it goes on for approximately forever. I'm just not going to look at it. It is kind of incredible though, if you like look at it or think about it, about how far you and your team can travel. I mean, God, we just like went um, about 400 miles across Alaska. Like that's wild. Uh, now we're just gonna go home. See, I did a rod and then go home. Right, right, Ophelia. Yeah. I th I think she just nodded at me. I think she actually just gave me side eye. Like what? I'm busy. A lot of people at the checkpoints and, I mean, just everywhere, like at the vet and stuff, will talk about, like, what the dogs are thinking or, like, kind of pretend to have a voice for them. And will talk about me as dad. So, like, oh, yeah, you just want to be back with dad or whatever. And it's so funny because I definitely don't think of myself as a father figure. So I was thinking, I was like, well, what am I then? I guess I, I finally decided I was like a brother who's also a caretaker. Um, a friend of mine once told me that they think that I kind of regard dogs more as friends than anything else. And I, I think that that is pretty accurate. I wonder if I'm done passing people now. There's one person who's behind me. And I know he's kind of doing more frequent stops. I'm more frequent than me. better like rubric of knowing what a good strategy for my time frame is with these guys like if it's smarter to um, try to rest more frequently or if the longer runs is a good thing or what I mean, they look great. I have all 14 of them still in there. Yeah, they really look good. I'm really pleased with them. And, and I have been doing more of the long run stuff. Come on, Emmy! Oops, oh, just lost my ski pole. Come on, Emmy! I have another one. They were kind of annoying anyway. But that was predictable. Is these ski poles. It's like a tradition. 
they do have a little thing you put around your wrist, but I was I didn't have it around my wrist that time, obviously. Alright. <laughs> my favorite ski pole is actually a trail marker. It's a perfect size. You might lose them, but they're replaceable. It's like a healthy thing or not to talk about things I'm excited for, but I am excited for coffee. Oof. I'm trying to do something and I kind of brace my stomach against the handlebar so that I can basically like drive with it. And every time you hit these tussocks, I get just like walloped in the stomach. Putting the wrist thing on for this ski pole. Oops, it's too short. There we go. Oh man, that's a beautiful sign. So I did a ride in 10 miles. We can do that about an hour and a half at the pace we're going right now. Oh no, wait, maybe that's not Iditarod. Maybe that's just a shelter cabin. But I believe that they're one and the same. Well, we'll find out. I feel like the trail today is kind of the most epitomal Iditarod trail, except for maybe the coast, but we're not going to see that on this race. In McGrath, though, it was super duper windy. I can't remember if I mentioned that in the last recording. So it seemed like it was trying to give us a little taste of the coast. But that was chilly too, but in a different way. new socks trying to decide if I should put them on or not like at the checkpoint my current ones are kind of um like I've dried them out but they're kind of like stiff full of sweat dried sweat um one thing I wanted to say last night but I forgot was that I um before I left McGrath I uh just trying to figure out how to get, so I have these insoles because when you're mushing, at least, or at least when I'm mushing, I put a lot of weight onto the ball of my foot and to the point where I've like lost the feeling in, um, I think three of my toes, like I, there, it's gone, it's just like numb and has been for years. 
Um, but it, the ball of my foot's still pretty painful because of that. And so um, I got these insoles that are specifically for the ball of the foot. And they seem like they work pretty well, but they have to be positioned in a really specific place. And it's really hard to do that in a boot when you're putting a giant sock on in there. And um, so when I got everything dried out, I decided I'd try to position the insole on my foot instead of in the boot. See how that worked? I was thinking of like maybe like taping it or gluing it to the sock. Uh, the insoles used to have adhesive, but that wore out a long time ago. Um, but anyway, what I ultimately decided on was I super glued it to my foot. Well, them both. So I have insoles super glued to my foot right now. And they're actually working pretty well. It's a kind of weird feeling. And I bet they'll pop off soon because my feet are sweaty, but... Yep. There you go. Mushing hack. Now I'm trying to get my ski pole back together without... I feel like there's probably some secret locking thing on here, but nope. Whatever it is, I don't know it. Flip lock. Compactor. Well, I did the flip lock thing, but it doesn't seem to be flip locking. Maybe I just don't understand what flip locking is. Seems plausible. Oh, this is disorienting. I like we turned. I don't think we did. I think I'm just losing my marbles a little bit. Another hill to climb. Fall asleep. If I'm quiet, that's a good recipe for me to go to sleep. So I've been talking this whole time. You should talk now. Go ahead. I'll just be sleeping over here on the sled, bouncing across tussocks. Hmm. One of my first races, I um, one of my first like mid-distance races, I ended up running like kind of alongside the handlers of Martins and their two teams so um yeah they were really nice but at the very end of the race I passed through like the last checkpoint and then I was heading towards the finish line and uh, all of a sudden this there was a musher up ahead another team and um, he, was, he was stopped and I was like is everything okay and he's like yeah do you want a gallon of water and I was surprised, but apparently he'd bought a lot of water at the gas station and was offering me a gallon, so I think I took it. Man, I would love a gallon of water right now. I was half asleep when I told that story. Ooh. I wonder what, if anything, people are 
thinking about or saying for our adventure. It is weird to sometimes think about all the folks who are like watching you from above, sort of. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh man, yep, no, we definitely like starting to slip a little bit here. Alright, I think you've stopped being as attractive or interesting for me, so I'm gonna go ahead and dissipate for now. Ugh, until next time, whatever that looks like. I need my ski poles because I'm going up a hill. But I don't need to have the recording going, so I'll turn that off. If I can open my jacket. supposed to have a touch sensitive thanks for listening to onward and other directions if you enjoy the podcast you can rate and review it if you want and of course subscribe and maybe tell your friends if you want to learn more about sled dogs and iditarod and the athletes who do this amazing thing you can visit our website at ataokennel.com. We hope to see you there. Maybe you can even become a buddy if you like. All right. See you next time. Onward. Onward.